This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast brought to you by Art Wiederman, CPA with Ide Bailey. Whether it's taxes and investing or planning wisely, Art is the expert to make your dental practice profitable. At Ide Bailey, what inspires you inspires us. We provide a suite of accounting and advisory services dedicated to the total care of your practice. Visit our website to access our tools and resources tailored for dentists, idebailey.com slash dentist. That's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com slash dentist. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Art Wiederman, CPA, and Ide Bailey, LLP are not rendering legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information or opinions shared. If you have questions and or feedback, make sure to email Art over at awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. You can also give Art a call at 657-279-3243. Without further delay, here's your host, Dental CPA Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast with Art Wiederman CPA. I'm your host, I'm Art Wiederman, and I am a dental division director at the wonderful CPA firm of Ide Bailey, and we're based out of Tustin, California, which for those of you that are not close to Tustin, it's about 15 minutes to Disneyland, and we happen to be recording on August 16th, which happens to be, I found out today, either the 67th or 68th anniversary of the opening of Disneyland. And I found out from my late mother, Cynthia, let her rest in peace, that she was there that day, uh, which is kind of cool. But they showed some video on Instagram of the opening. Uh, Disneyland is obviously a lot different than it was 68 years ago today. It's still a really, you know, the happiest place on earth and stuff. Um, so uh, that uh, just you know, fun facts that we bring you on this podcast. But I have a real, real treat for you. And I've I, I mentioned before on the podcast in the last couple of episodes uh, that uh, about two months ago, I joined a wonderful, amazing, dynamic group of men and women called the Speaking and Consulting Network. My very good friend back in the Pride Institute and Pacific Institute days back in the mid-1980s when I started in dentistry, Deborah Englehart Nash basically hit me over the head and said, Art, you like speaking in front of audiences. You really need to join this group. So I did. And I attended my first meeting about two months ago uh, in Nashville. I'd never been to Nashville before. And boy, is that a fun place. We stayed right downtown and we went out at night and uh, got my fill of country music. And it was a blast. And one of the many wonderful new friends I made is a wonderful lady by the name of Denise Williams-Jones, who is going to be my guest on this podcast today. Um, it turns out, I'm not going to mention any names, but it turns out that uh, she worked in a dental office that uh, we were the CPAs for, and we kind of joked and laughed about that. And I said, wait a minute, you're the Denise we've been talking to for all the... Yep, that was me. So anyway, Denise is an absolute master at team communications. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Folks, you know, I, I've said on this podcast until I want to like be sick in the face, right? Or sick in the head is that, you know, you could be the best clinical dentist. Your margins could be like perfection that, uh, that, that, that like there are no better margins. But if you don't know how to communicate with your patients and you don't know how to talk to your team and you don't know how to get your team to talk to your team, uh, your practice is not going to do as well as if you did get your communication skills. So we are going to have uh, a mini master class today from Denise Williams-Jones in communication. So we'll get to Denise in a moment. I've got some announcements. Of course, uh, my wonderful, wonderful partner, Decisions in Dentistry magazine, www.decisionsindentistry.com. 140 continuing education courses at a very, very reasonable price. Uh, and I was in their offices uh, last week for the day. And uh, folks, we're going to have some really exciting news coming out here in the coming months about uh, uh, decisions in dentistry and what uh, they're doing. Can't tell you right now, but um, 
please go onto their website and uh, look at the best clinical content content that there is. Again, www.decisionsindentistry.com. A couple of announcements about places that we're going to be. First of all, I want to share with you that one of the partners at Ide Bailey, Scott Haberman, is going to be lecturing uh, between October 11th and October 13th with the Dental Success Institute and Polaris Healthcare Partners, who are hosting their second annual Scaling from Clinician to CEO event in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Phoenician Hotel. I have played golf there. It is really, really nice. And uh, this unique experience is designed to teach aspiring dental entrepreneurs the necessary tools and pathways to build their own group practices. Attendees will join a cast of industry experts for over 13 hours of exclusive educational content in the areas of financial reporting, tactical marketing and analytics, legal structure, acquiring or building practices, how to hit a seven iron. I mean, they're going to have all kinds of stuff going on. Um, They're offering a 10% discount to that um, meeting under EB10, um, which is offered after August 1st, which is now. So if you're interested, uh, email Scott at shaberman, S-H-A-B-E-R-M-A-N at eidbailey.com, E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. And Scott, uh, we'll get you hooked up with the course in uh, Scottsdale. And October is a beautiful time to be in Scottsdale. The weather is perfect. So go ahead and do that. I am going to be speaking at the California Dental Association Convention on September the 9th, which is a Saturday. Uh, this podcast will be published on September 6th. So if you listen to it after September 9th, obviously you can't come see me. But many of you subscribe. So I'm going to be speaking from 1130 to 230 at the San Jose, California Convention Center. We'd love to see you. And if you are in Southern California and you are either looking at buying a dental practice or potentially in the next one to five years transitioning or selling your practice, uh, I am, along with my good friends from Bank of America and my friend Pat Wood, who's a dental attorney, we are doing a a transition seminar at Dave and Buster's. I don't know if you call it a restaurant or game place or whatever, but they got a great banquet facility. And um, that is going to be on Saturday, September 30th from 8.30 to 2. Please come and see us. That's our transition seminar. If you're interested, either call me at 949-677-9481 or call or email me at uh, a Wiederman, A W I E D E R M A N, at Ide Bailey, E I D E B A I L L Y dot com. We'd love to see you in September. We're going to talk about what do you need to do to buy a practice? What do you need to do to sell a practice? And we're going to spend about an hour if you are thinking about selling your practice to a DSO. And I'm not in any way, shape, or form suggesting that you all go do that. Because wonderful people like Denise that you're going to listen to today is going to show you how to make lots and lots of money in your own private practice. But this is part of real life. This would be a great seminar for you to attend. Be sure to check out our new Ide Bailey podcast, Ebb and Flow, a business podcast providing inspired insight on issues and trends the middle market faces. Hear unique business stories, get answers to frequently asked and unasked questions, and understand business topics that matter to you. Available now on your favorite podcast platform. All right. I think that's enough announcements for one day. Let me get to my dear friend um, and my guest today. So Denise Williams-Jones is a customer service consultant, speaker, founder, and owner of Next Level to Success. Denise started in the dental field in 1995, working in some of the top dental offices in Southern California with roles including chair-side assistant, inventory and supply manager, team trainer, scheduling coordinator, financial coordinator, marketing liaison, community outreach, front office lead. I think she also gave fly fishing lessons. I mean, she did all of everything in the dental office. Uh, she's currently a consultant for the American Dental Association as part of the dental team advisory group for practice management. She's a member of the Crown Council Speaking Consulting Network, as I mentioned earlier, and she's designed continuing education courses for the ADA, uh, graduate of the Scheduling Institute and TOPS Institute, two highly respected training programs. And uh, she is really, really smart lady and knows a lot about how to help dentists be profitable. Miss Denise Williams-Jones, 
And I get to see your beautiful face on this computer and your great smile. Whoever your dentist was (laughs) did a great job. Welcome to the Art of Dental Finance and Management. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled to be here today. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I met you, I mean, I, I guess I've talked to you before, I just didn't know it was you as right. with our common client, but wasn't that fun in Nashville? Oh, wow. I, I always have a good time in Nashville, and I have a good time with the Speaking Consulting Network group. It's just a great group of people, and that was a great time. And and I loved that, like you said, we had talked before, but didn't realize we had talked because of the mutual client. So it's kind of fun to uh, put all those dots together. They say there's six degrees of separation and I'm finding that to be even smaller in the dental world. (laughs) Oh my God. I was, I was, I was lecturing at the Chicago midwinter meeting. Oh my gosh, (laughs) 30 years ago. Right. And I get up there and I start talking and I learned my lesson. Right. And I said, Mm -hmm. well, we have, uh, and I happen to say the specialty, Especially the specialty that this doctor was in, and and I talked about they had these financialists and blah 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 blah, blah right? And then at the end of the course, this 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 lady comes up to me and she says, "Oh, you must be talking about so and so," and that's who I was talking about. So now, whenever <laughs> I talk about somebody, you talk about six uh-huh. degrees of separation. I always talk about the fact that this if this dentist that I'm talking about is in Southern California, they're immediately from Iowa or West Virginia or something right. like that. There, there you go. <laughs> now, now, you're doing a lot of speaking out there, aren't you? Are you are you speaking uh, anytime? And uh, I mean, you're all over the place, I think. I am. I am. I am going to be speaking in September, a couple of places. I'm going to be at the AAOMS, the oral surgery conference in San Diego. I'll be speaking nice. there. Um, I'll also be speaking in uh, San Fernando Valley Dental uh, Society. They're putting on a, a event for female. Well, it's not all female. It started out to be female, but there's some males, but it's a women's tea event and they're all dentists. And so I'm going to speak to them about burnout and about that work-life balance because quite a few of them are mothers as well as uh, business owners. So that'll be fun. Uh, let's see. In October, I'll be speaking six times for the at the American Dental Association. I'm actually this year one of their featured speakers. So that's going to be really nice. I'll be doing that. And nice. I'll also be speaking in Las Vegas in early November at the implant surgery event. And that's the that's the AAID. And that will be in early November. So I have a few things. So you're you're going to have your frequent flyer miles working here. So we're going to let you tell people how they can get a hold of you later. But I want to get into the topic. This is really important, folks. I mean, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about, you know, the the, the relationship between the front and the back office. Um, but, you know, first, Denise, uh, and, and all, all these things that, that I want you to catch some gems on communication here. So just give us a little bit about your professional journey. You got it. Absolutely. Started in the dental field in 1995, as you read on my bio. Started in an office in Arcadia, pediatric. I was there about 17 years, almost 17 years. And, and I got to say that place really set the tone for me. Uh, one of the doctors there would have this saying that he would say all the time. And to this day, it rings in my ear. And he said, my first day there, he sat me down and he talked to me and he said, dentistry is training for life. And, and I thought, what, what, what are you, what are you talking about? What does this mean? And he said, you will get this, you will, you'll get it. And years later, when I look back, I got it, you know, a few years ago, but it really was because they had it dialed in in that office. And Working in a dental office is not just about something clinical. It's about getting along with each other. It's about learning procedures, putting systems in play, communication, networking, um, all of these things that really are things that you learn in a dental office that are for life. And so that kind of set the tone for how things were going and how I wanted them to go for my career. Moving forward, I worked for another doctor for almost 12 years, and that was in Temple City. And that doctor was really, really big on training his team, investing in his team. So between the two doctors, I really got a strong foundation, let alone moving forward. But I mean, before that, I got a very strong foundation from my family. So 
at some point, I realized that my passion was to help others, to train others. I was very good with working with others. And so because of that, I decided I wanted to start Next Level to Success. And I wanted to create this safe place, this consulting that was just a little different than what I had experienced over the years from all the consultants. One being that I've been the trenches with with this team. You know, I I really focus on front office. And because I did front office for so long, I understand what they're going through. I understand the importance of building relationships. Um, And so when I started Next Level to Success, my idea was let's do this and let's do this a little different and not be afraid to do a little do some things out of the box. Let's really, really focus on getting this team together, communicating front office, back office, doctor with team, because what that does is that fosters and sets up the right culture, which then extends to the patients. Now, now we didn't we didn't rehearse this. This is what our podcast is going to be about today. Yes. So yes. so let, let's jump into the topic, Denise. I mean, I talk to offices all the time and I hear mm-hmm. I they they I mean I, I feel like I should have psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists. I mean that, that's what I do. That's part of what you do. Uh it's part of what we all do in helping our doctors just because we listen to them. And I hear all the time the front office doesn't like the back office. The back mm-hmm. office doesn't like the front office. The hygienist is horrible. So let's talk, let's start the conversation about how can we unite this dental team so that everybody gets along. And working towards the good, uh, the common good of the practice and the patients. So you got it. Um, I actually have one of my courses is called Front Admin. You can effectively, effectively lead, strengthen, and unite your team. And I am big on that because there is this weird war that's gone on about front and back. The back office thinks the front office is just playing video games. You know, the front office thinks they're working harder than the back. Something I stress. When I consult offices, when I speak, is that you're all in it together. We either all win or we all lose. It's not this you against me. We are all on the same team. I think that what happens, and it's really sad in our industry, is oftentimes everybody thinks their job is just a little more important than the next person. And I believe that if we can level the playing field, and uh, doctors can communicate. And I believe it starts at the top. I think if the doctors communicate with front and back office and really promote that unity, it starts to drizzle down. Now, we know in the real world that that doesn't always happen. Love you, doctors, but that doesn't always happen. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't happen. And so, What I try to train offices and what I am really adamant about them really rethinking and and, and retraining and recharging the way that they look at things and think about things is the fact is, is that you do not have to have a title or be office manager to lead your team. Front office can lead the team. Back office can lead the team. A leader is a leader is a leader. And we we have to get away from thinking that you have to have a certain title to lead or you can't change things in an office. So I empower team members to really step up. And if you have those leadership skills or extend an olive branch to try to unite that communication, because it really is important. If, if that communication is not there, the patients are going to feel it. You know, you can walk in a room and you can feel that there's some tension in the place. Sure. Oh, the patients can feel that. And, and, and there's been times when let's take it out of dental. You go somewhere and, and you're going to buy something and they don't seem to really have it together. You, you kind of feel like, am I in the right place? Do I really want to make this purchase? The same goes for dental. When that uh, disunity is there, you're actually affecting your bottom line because the patient feels that energy, that vibe, and they don't want to spend the more. They don't want to. They're like, something's not, not quite right here. So I, I like to tell my offices and when I'm speaking that the very first thing to fix this is you have to look at it that you're all in. You're all in to win or you're all in to lose. It's, it's not a separate thing. 
Let me ask you a question, because this is a question I get different answers to over the years. I've received different answers to. What do you think about titles? Because, I mean, if I give Susie at the front, I always use Susie. I use Susie, give Susie at the front desk, say, you're the office manager. To me, sometimes it almost makes it look like Susie's more important than everybody else on the team. So do you like giving someone title? Do you just say front office? How do you deal with the title? I believe that titles are okay, but I believe, and I believe they are needed because there is, you need to know who's doing what, but I don't believe you have to have a title to lead. So those are two very separate things. I really do feel that there should be an office manager or maybe a financial coordinator or scheduling coordinator, but we have to stop thinking that if you don't have that title, then you just show up and clock in and, and ring and, and count the hours. That's the part. Uh, in all the years that I, you know, almost 17 years in the first office, almost 12 in the other, I didn't have a title as a manager. I was an RDA. I was a scheduling coordinator. I was a marketing coordinator. I had those type of titles, but I didn't have what we look in our society as a supervisor title. However, in all these years, I helped lead those teams and I led them and I was a very strong leader in the, in in those offices. So I feel that titles are good, but I feel that if you don't have that title, you still, that doesn't give you carte blanche to just show up and, and, and glaze over. You have to take that responsibility. I also feel like Denise, that if someone is the office manager and they're kind of second in command to the doctor running the show, as long as they don't act like a dictator, like mm-hmm. it's my way or the highway and you will bow down to me and we call you the queen and things like that. As long as they respect people and as long as they are doing everything to manage the office for the common good, I mean, they're going to, they should gain the respect of the other team members, right? I, I, absolutely. There, see, here's the thing. Times have changed. And back in the day, Uh, Things were, you know, there was room for people to be a little more in that dictatorship role, even though it wasn't right. When I first got into the industry, that was kind of the tone of certain places and certain things. However, times have changed. People are changed. New generation. You have to move with the times or you're going to be passed by. And with the new generation and and, and speaking to people and and people are more sensitive. And if you really want to get the job done and get the best out of your team, you have to foster unity, not dictatorship. So even if you have someone that in the past kind of led it in that way, whether it's right or wrong, because we all know it happens, You have to change if you want to get the results out of your team, because what happens is you can talk until you're blue in the face and be the queen bee or the king bee and 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 be a dictator. But if you don't motivate that team and you don't get them to respond and and take the time to understand how they like to receive information, how they learn best, you're not going to get any results. So that behavior of being a dictator is you're wasting time. You're just putting toxic energy in the air. I, to- I totally agree. All right. You do a course, Denise, called Complacency Versus Movement, Which Will You Choose? I love that yeah. title, by the way. <laughs> so how, you know, we have people, I mean, I had them in my CPA firm that I ran for 33 years. They're in dental offices. They're in manufacturing business. They're in every business. I mean, how can, you know, we call them chair fillers. They come in at eight, mm-hmm. if we're lucky. They leave at five. And and they just fill a chair and they get a paycheck. So how do you help doctors? How can doctors recognize complacent behavior among one or more team members? And 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 how can we? I mean, we can recognize it, but can we change behavior? How do we redirect that behavior? Because that's important. You got one person that's just a, a like I say, a chair filler. It, it can screw up the whole game, right? Yes, it can. The person who dials it in, that's what I call it. Yep. Um, we, we have that in our industry. We have that with team members. We have that with doctors. We have that 
where, and, and again, I'm going to start at the top because I really feel that that's important. So I'll, I'm going to answer it in two parts. First, I'm going to answer it with the doctor. Uh, one question I like to ask my doctors um, when I'm working with them is, did you go to school all these years and pay all this money and do all these things that you did to now come in, have lost your joy and are not enjoying and understanding and putting in the effort to have movement in your office? Are you complacent? Because if you're complacent, you better believe your team member is going to be complacent. Yeah, we're going to so talk about that too. We're going to talk a little that's more about that later. Yes. Yeah. So that's the first thing. So first, let's see when we have doctors that are saying my team's complacent. I like to say doctors, let's look in the mirror and see, have you set the tone for this? That's the first part. Now we get that in order. Let's talk about team members. There are team members that are just dialing it in. Um, generally, most consultants come in and immediately will tell a doctor, that person's dialing it in, get rid of them. Um, I don't work that way. I feel that you need to take the time if you it hired this person and you saw that there was something in this person that you wanted to uh, you wanted this person to be part of your team before you just let them go take a little extra time and see if you can figure out if you can motivate them to get some movement um what's going on in their life um is there something going on now i train leave it at the door but the reality is there's sometimes things going on in personal life that can't be left at the door. So you just adapt in a different way. So then adapting in a different way is telling a team member, if you really are having a hard time, this is where the communication comes in. Say to your fellow team member, today is a bad day and I'm having a little hard time. Maybe can you handle Mrs. Jones over there today? Because I don't, my delivery might not be well, or I'm going to do this. And that's where the, that's where the communication the leadership comes in where you help each other. Um, another thing is, I really, I have another course called Finding Hidden Gems. And the important thing about Finding Hidden Gems is team members may have strengths that doctors don't realize. So they're not putting them in the position to show their strengths. So that team member is glazing over and dialing it in because maybe they're not utilizing what they do well. You may have someone who's extremely shy and an introvert being the main one to greet people and, and check them in and welcome them. And so there's a disconnect. You may have someone who is a complete extrovert and you have them in the back doing paperwork. So you have to you have to play to the strengths of your team. Now, when you play to the strengths of your team, if they're still dialing it in, absolutely, they're maybe they're not a fit. But I really do suggest strongly to the doctors that I work with that before you write them off, have you taken a little time to get to know them? What are their interests? What are their hobbies? What do they do? What's going on in their life? And maybe with the proper communication, you can foster that movement. Maybe they're complacent because they're not doing anything in their world or life that they're passionate about, including what you have them doing at the at the office. So maybe you can create some different things that will boy, you know, get them excited and get them passionate about what they really can bring to the table. So sometimes you'll go into an office. And mm -hmm. I'm assuming that when you go into an office for the first time to consult, you talk to all the team members. Yes. And a lot of times I'm guessing, and again, we didn't rehearse this, I promise, folks. We, I don't rehearse with my guests. But I'm guessing you talk to everybody. And let's say you get the one, um, uh, everybody says, oh, you know, Joan is the weakest link. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and, and then, so then... You're going to give, it sounds to me, Denise, like you're going to give Joan a chance. You're not just going to say, well, if everybody thinks Joan is the weakest link, we're just going to get rid of Joan. You're going to sit down and talk to Joan. And and what are you going to ask Joan? I'm going to ask Joan. I have a little survey I give everyone and it's private. And I'm going to ask Joan what's going on in life and without being obtrusive, but and, and without not not going into her personal space. But I'm going to say, what's going on? What do you like about this job? What do you wish would change? 
Uh, what are some things if you had a magic wand and you could wave it right now? What would be I, what would you be doing daily? What are you good at? What are your hobbies? I'm going to get to know her. And it's a short period of time. I'll go and observe for a day or so. But I want to get a, a sense of, Joan, how do you like to receive information? Do you like to receive it in the morning, in the afternoon? If Joan tells me I'm the type of person, I don't even come alive until 12 noon. That's key. <laughs> That's key because that means when the important things that need to be done that you want Joan to do and you want it on point, give that to her after 12 noon. You know what I mean? Or, or note, note, to, note to self, Joan will be working from 12 to 5 12, Monday through Thursday. There, there you go. <laughs> there you go, right? So, I mean, we, 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 we can go. fix this. We can fix this thing. But, there you but, go. But can mm-hmm. you take someone that is perceived as the weakest link and turn them into a superstar? Is that, I mean, there's a superstar person inside of everybody. I really do believe that, uh, or at least most people. I have, I have, and I'm very proud of that, that I have taken some that have been considered the weakest link and turned them around. There's other times when it can't happen, but I always want to let the doctor know when I come on as a consultant, I am going to try to turn everyone around here before I I talk to you, doctor, and say, this is not going to work or or, or I'm just going to take the word of of everyone. This is the way it is. I want to get hands on and I want to see if I can help change this person. Now, to give you a little background on why I feel this is my specialty, I grew up knocking on doors, door to door. And it was a religion thing that I used to be part of. And from a very young age of five years old. So you never knew who was on the other side of the door. You never knew if it was a man or a female or a religious person or atheist. You didn't know if it was um, someone who was wealthy, someone who was poor. And you didn't know what the background was. So I was trained from a very young age in a different setting to be adaptable, to adapt to your surroundings and to adapt to whoever opened that door. And I was very good at that. Little did I know years later, not being part of that organization, how I would be able to turn that around into dentistry. And I feel that what my, one of my strengths is, and this is what I'm an expert in is being adaptable. I can go in a room with any ethnicity, any gender, political affiliation, uh, whatever class, and give me a few minutes and I can connect to them. Because I was basically, if I may use the word, groomed from that since I was five years old. So with that being said, I, from going door to door. So with that being said, when I go into an office and I hear, oh, they're that way, I don't want to I will hear that. I want to hear everyone out, but I need to sit and interact with that person because if I can adapt and understand and have compassion for whatever is going on with that person, sometimes that's all a person needs. We we take for granted that we all have people in our corner uh, rooting us on, but there's some people that are working for doctors that don't have a support system. And so if you can tap into that, that human thing, that um, that connection and and let them know that they do bring something to the table and they do add value to the table, you can put a fire under 90 percent of the people to get them going. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You can even walk into a room and, and get an accountant going. If you tell me you can get an accountant, then you can probably do this. Anyway, right? <laughs> but um so let's say let's say we get to the point that we find the weakest link and we really decide, you know, yeah. this dot. We need to say goodbye to the weakest link. And so yeah. how do we do that? That's hard, right? If a doctor and manager have put their time in and really tried with someone, and really put their best foot forward and set the example, and this person is still the weakest link, and that happens quite often then it shouldn't be hard because the doctor slash manager knows they've done everything they can. They've given them the benefit of the doubt. They've set the correct example. Then it goes into you are not a fit. 
And at that point, I don't really think it is a hard thing. I think that it's a hard thing when the example hasn't been set, when you haven't heard that person out, when you haven't tried to, to, to work with them. I mean, in life, as humans, we're all imperfect humans. We all make mistakes. There's nobody who's perfect. So do I think an employee, a team member is going to come in and be perfect? Absolutely not. But if you've taken all the steps in management to facilitate the correct example, for lack of a better word, and really try to get to know this person and try to work with them and try to be the best, get them to do what they need to do, and they just don't get it, they're not a fit. And in that case, it's it's better to let them go because they're not a fit and, you, and, and they're wasting time and, and keeping you from getting the person who is the correct fit. Yep. So I don't think it's a hard thing. I think it's just you have to do your part in management, which I mean, office manager, doctor, before you're just coming in, just letting people go because you don't understand them or get them. Well, I got a lot more I want to talk to you about, and I wish sure. I had two days to do this, but let's <laughs> take one. I want take one second, talk a little bit about your coaching services, what you do, how you do it, and how folks can get a hold of you. So, okay, you got it. So, my coaching services I am, uh, I work with offices in state, out of state. I have some that out of state will fly me in, um, others will work with me via Zoom. And then I have people here that I work with in California. I have five workshops. Uh, my five workshops, I usually will do them four to six weeks apart. Uh, the reason why is because there's you need time to implement. So I have a workshop. In the beginning, I'll come in and observe your office. We do the workshop. I give homework. I give assignments. Uh, we have a game. We make a game plan. Um, between those that the next that time and the next workshop, I have coaching calls with doctors. I have coaching calls via Zoom with team members. We work on things. We, we figure out little hiccups. Then we move on to the next. I've designed the workshops in a way that they lend a hand to the next one. It's basically going back to basics and realizing that everything is about relationships and that if you get that dialed in, relationships with each other, relationships with your team, relationships with your patients, your bottom line will increase. It will improve. Target has it dialed in. Who can go in Target and buy one thing? Nobody. <laughs> who, no. can, who can go? Who can? Who? Nordstrom's has it dialed in. The Nordstrom's experience. People buy on emotion. If you create the right atmosphere, vibe, energy, however you want to put it, in your office, Starting with each other, moving to the patient, the patient will feel comfortable, they will spend more, they will send their friends, and they will feel comfortable there. Just like when you go in Target for one thing and you come out hundreds of dollars later with a full shopping cart, they will make a full shopping cart. When you recommend treatment, they will be your raving fans because you've made them feel comfortable and safe. And so my workshops are designed to help offices and show them that we cannot just be about clinical. That I mean, clinical is wonderful, but I don't care how great your, your crown uh, you can do or veneer or whatever you can do. If you don't have the right atmosphere and culture, no one's going to come into your office and Amen. you are not going to make money. And we, we, we've been talking about this for almost five years on this podcast, mm-hmm. folks. This mm-hmm. This podcast, as I've told you many times before, and I'm going to keep saying it. You all know that I am someone who repeats myself incessantly. It drives my wife crazy. It drives my boys crazy. It drives my friends crazy. Okay, Art, we heard that for the 87th time, but I'm going to say this again. This podcast, folks, is a call to action. Mm-hmm. This is you listening to De- Denise and I having a conversation about team and communication, and you basically sitting there saying, you know, we really don't have good communication. I'm not really happy about coming into the office every day because I know there's going to be drama and there's this. So if this sounds like something is that, that is resonating with you, give Denise a call. Denise, how do people get a hold of you? Is it email, phone? Why don't you give both of those? I'm going to give it all. Yes. My website is nextleveltosuccess.net. Um, my Instagram handle, Next Level to Success. LinkedIn, Denise Williams Jones. Uh, my phone number is 626 945 3175. 
You can email me at deniswj at nextleveltosuccess.net. What Art said is true. I repeat myself over and over. My dad used to <laughs> That's say- That's why we're friends, Denise. We're friends, exactly. My dad used to say, repetition for emphasis. I come from a family of 12. I have 11 brothers and sisters. My parents, <laughs> yeah. You, you, got, you got to be in people's faces or you're yeah, going to be. <laughs> they would repeat themselves over and they would say it over. And let me tell you a story. My dad would say, I say it the first time, you're not going to hear it. I say it the second time, maybe you'll hear it. I say it the third time, I hope it's going to stick. Times have changed, doctors, team. You have to foster the right culture. All right, let, let's get down to some more because I got a lot more to talk to you about. And not, got it. I don't have 10 hours to do it, unfortunately. <laughs> talk about the importance of the front office team creating a lasting, you know, creating lasting patience for the practice. How does that front office team create patients that just keep coming back? At the front office, something that needs to change in our industry is the word just. I'm just the receptionist. I'm just the front office. I'm just. Love that. I love that. We have to get rid of it. You're just, just, just. No. Front office, you are the gatekeepers to the office. You are the first line of defense. You are the first voice they hear. You are the first face they see. And at that point, you are the representation of the office. Doctors, whoever you put, at the front to greet your patients, to take those calls. They are representing you. So many times doctors will just say, I'm going to hire anyone to answer the phone and I'm going to put my advanced person on the insurance part. If you have someone answering your phone, greeting your patients, bring me in to train them. (laughs) Because let me tell you this, they are the front, they will make it or break it. There is a dentist on every corner right now. The day, the good old days of, oh, I go to the family dentist and yeah, he's all right and he's okay, but I still go because he's there. Those days are over. People are picking up the phone. They can go to Google. They can find someone a block in the same building as you. You have to stand out. You want to roll with the big boys and girls. You want to make the good money. You want to have raving fans. You want to have patience. Um, lasting patients, you absolutely have to put the right people who are gatekeeping your office. Bottom line. That, that, is, that is such good advice. Now, I'll tell you what drives me absolutely bat crazy, Denise, because mm-hmm. I talk to front office people and I talk to the office managers and they tell me what's going on because I'm the one that, that will listen and I'm not going to be able to fire them, you know? So, right. So, or a, a dentist uh, will tell me that they don't have time to implement the morning huddle or they don't have time to talk about the patients coming in. Talk about the importance of team communication and maybe some gems that doctors can take away on communication. I mean, we've got to have morning huddles, right? It's very important. Very important. The reason why is because you're setting the you're setting the day right from the beginning. Um, the thing is, is that everybody's coming from a different situation at home and everyone comes in and they're bringing whatever from home. Now, we are taught to leave it at the door. A lot of times that doesn't happen by meeting together and, and kind of getting on the same page and, and going over the plan for the day. What you're doing is you're making everything that everyone brought from home stop. And you're unifying your team together. And if you can't do, uh, you know, the advised, I know a lot of other consultants and a lot of other companies really focus on training how that morning meeting should happen. And, um, you know, when I was a team member, I took those very trainings. And so I, I, I know what they're saying about how it should go. So with that being said, What I tell doctors is I'm not going to tell you how to run your meeting. I am not going to tell you how long to have your meeting. But what I am going to tell you is you need to pull the group together and have some sort of meeting of the minds. And you need to have this meeting to get everyone on the same page, to get them rah-rah for the day. And if the doctor is not going to be rah-rah, which a lot of times that doesn't, that, that's what happens. <laughs> and um, then that's where if you're, if you're handling it in the correct way, you can have team members to help get that going. But you do need something to get everyone geared up and, and, and in that team mentality. 
to get it going. And, and you know what, Denise? I mean, leadership, there have been thousands of books written on leadership. And mm-hmm. you and I both know it. And you, I'm sure part of what you do is teach leadership. But mm-hmm. in my mind, in a dental office, leadership is it starts with the doctor saying, hey, guys, you know what? I didn't major in leadership in college. I really want to be a good leader. This is my vision for the practice, and I need your help. And if you start talking to your team like that, doctors, uh, and obviously, Denise, I'd love to hear your opinion on that. I need your help. When you ask for people's help and it's genuine, they're going to probably help you, right? Absolutely. It's rare if you say I need help that someone's going to go, eh, that's nice and walk away. That we're not wired that way as humans. If no. you, if people are saying that you're around the wrong people. But um, if, um, if doctors, I believe that like in my complacency versus movement, and I'm going to go back to that and tie it into what the question that you just asked. Um, I believe that doctors spend a lot of time in school learning their craft. And you have some that are into training and will learn the other part of it, but you have some that don't. So they come out and they learn their craft and they're very good at what they do. And they and when things come up in the office, they feel like, eh, I don't want to get involved in that. Stop it. Like a bunch of girls talking or, you know, we don't want to hear about that. But the fact of the matter is things happen. Relationships happen. Communication needs to happen. And you have there is a time and a place where doctors need to accept the help of their team and or consultants, because there's not a lot of that given in dental school for that part. There's not a lot of attention paid to that. So if you there's some, you know, if you haven't if you're not a doctor that well, if, even if you're a woman, it doesn't it's, I'm not saying it's a man or a woman. You're so busy and you have so many other things to do and, and make sure that you're accurate on your work and run a practice and and look over everything that you just can't do it all. You can't. You have to have the right team around you. And the right people around you that you can rely on that can help. And if you say to that team, I need help. And if the team's not capable, you bring an outside person, whether it's me as a consultant or someone else. Bottom line. Yes, I would hope it would be me. But if it's not, the bottom line is there are people that are trained that this is all they do. Just like you're trained to do that dental work. There are people that are trained. There are team members that can help you and help facilitate this communication. So you just have to be willing to do it. I I learned something in Speaking Consulting Network that now when I work with the doctor, I ask the question, what is your willingness to change on a a scale of one to 10? And I know that if a doctor has a certain number, I'm not gonna say what it is because I like to keep it to myself. If that number is under that, I won't work with them because they're not willing to accept any um, help from their team because there are times when it's going to be like, you know, your team is actually right on this, you know, and it's not a gang up. It's just, you know, I will tell you doctors, I ran a CPA practice for 33 years and our service is tax accounting and financial consulting. Your service is helping to create wonderful smiles and changing people's lives for the better. They're both professional service businesses. And I will tell you, I had, and I talk about this on my podcast. I'm so proud of this. Uh, my three people that have worked with me for over 30 years, Debbie, Pam, and Raquel, I did not make one major decision in my CPA practice without talking it over with them. Now, did I disagree with them? Not very often, but occasionally I would take it a different direction. And that was my choice because it's my business. It's your practice. But I mean, your people are going to find you the best solutions if they are invested in your practice. All right, Denise, let's talk about... Going outside the box, we, we, you know, maybe we have some people that are weakest links and maybe we're going to make some changes or somebody's going to leave. And now you're in there. You're the new sheriff in town helping the doctor. And we maybe want to go outside the box on how to hire people. Give us some tips on what type of a person are you looking at for, let's just say, a front office administrator. Tell me what you're looking for. How do we go outside the box and find that person? Uh, back in the day, you put an ad in. You hoped that a Several people answered the ad. You had people come in, lined them up, interviewed, and you picked the right person. 
those days are over. Um, when uh, there were people who were looking for that position, they drive by the office. Let's see what the office looks. That's what I did on the two offices I worked in. Those days are over. Doctors, teams, you want to get the right person in your office, you need to show them who you are. You want to know how to show them who you are? Social media. That's where it is. That's where it is. You want to attract like, attracts like, you want to attract people like you, show them who you are, but don't show them the fake version, show them the real version of what you do, what you stand for. I'm talking website, I'm talking social media. Those are your avenues. That's where people are looking. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, your website, what's on there? Do you have your team on there? That's something I always ask doctors. You have a website and do you have your team on there? Because that's showing that you value that team. And when a team member, if I was looking for a job, first thing I'm going to do is look and see how this doctor treats their team. Do you honor their birthdays? Do you honor their work anniversaries and put it out there? Hey, oh my goodness, this is, Debbie's been with us 10 years and we all went out for ice cream because that's the first thing I would look for. And what's going to happen is whatever you're showing, that's what's going to show up for you. So if you're not showing anything uh, that you do as a team, are you doing team building things outside of the office? Are you saying, hey, you know, every so often we're going to just go and do something that has nothing to do with work and bond? If not, you're not going to get that type of person that comes and joins your team. So thinking outside of the box and hiring, what I train is show them who you are and you're going to attract what you are. Wonderful. That's great. You got a couple more things for you. And then unfortunately, we got to put a bow on this. Mm-hmm. You also do a course, Denise, called Building a Strong Table for Success. And in that course description, I noticed something that really caught my eye. Well, what do you mean by improve character and focus on doing good? What I mean by that is when we build a literal table, you need certain things. You need the wood, you need the hammer, you need the nails or, you know, whatever table. So when you're building this figurative table, do you have your skill? What, what do you have? Do you have your supplies? To build a strong figurative table for success, it requires that you have the right character. To improve your character, what that means is you have to be the best that you can be. I have this um, saying that I, I like to say in, in that particular or this example, and I use the example of the goat. When you say the goat, it means a lot of people. But a lot of people think of Tom Brady. Why? Because Tom Brady's a goat. <laughs> There's reasons why, okay? Not just that the man can knows his skill, but when he was playing, he had a very, very, very strong, strict regimen. He slept a certain amount of hours. He drank the right amount of water. He ate the right amount. He, got, he focused on adjustments. He had regular... Um, stretching, adjustments, he worked out. He kept his vessel ready to play. Yep. The coach knew, put him in the game, we'll probably win. Doing good and building your character, same thing with you. Are you, staying in, are you staying in a position to be ready to win? Doctors say, put me in the game, put me in the game. But what are you doing with your office, with yourself, with your personal life to stay ready to win? And that's what I mean about improving your character and focusing on doing good for others so that when you do get put in the game and that person comes in that office and is ready to do treatment, you all are at your best. And here's the thing, Denise, you just hit it right on the head. But but here here's the deal is doctors, and I, I've taught this to my kids. I, I told my, my, my youngest son when he went to, um, I, I put him on an airplane for a job interview. And I and I said uh, it was no. I'm sorry, it wasn't a job interview. It was actually for his first week of training at 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 a job. And I said, "Listen to me, son. I don't call him son because he's much taller and bigger than I am. But um, I said, here's the deal: everything that you do, everything that you do has to be for the customer. Everything that you do has to be to make their lives better." Um, and, and is for their benefit, even if it means that you're not going to get a sale. He's in sales, even though it means he's not going to get a sale. And to this day, he and I talk about it five years later. And he says, Dad, what you told me that day changed my life because 
I'm going to make the sales, but you don't want to make the sale the wrong way. Doctors, when you look at a patient, you don't look at their pocketbook. You don't look at their, uh, their where do they live? Oh, well, this doctor, they live in uh, a mansion on such and such street. Well, they'll buy anything. No, everything you do is for the benefit of that patient to make their lives better, to give them a better self-esteem and a better job and better relationships and, and just feel better about themselves. And if you do that, the money will come. Isn't that right, Denise? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You you just hit the nail. This is, you see everybody, this is why Art and I are friends. That's <laughs> right. But we, I only bring people on this podcast <laughs> that are like-minded to me because I know people in this industry and other industries that are not like this. And it's mm-hmm. about how do I get the sale? How do we grow revenue? Yeah, yeah we're going to grow revenues, but we have to take world-class care of people and they have to trust us and we have to care about them. I mean, you know, we I'll hire. To, we have to lead with service. Yep, that's a great. That's a great thing. That's that's absolutely wonderful. Well, listen, you are golden. I am so glad I met you. I'm excited about. Bye, uh, bye. You know, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, you're gonna have a lot of opportunities to talk to dentists in California and elsewhere, and through your work with the ADA. So, doctors, if you have an office where communication is just, you just kind of don't feel the love for what you got going on with your team communication, with the way that you're talking to patients, with the way that the team is interacting with each other. With with, with that type of communication, uh, I would encourage you to give Denise uh, Williams-Jones a call and uh, just you know, have a conversation with her. She's a very, very friendly lady and she's very, very knowledgeable about this. So Denise, one more time. Uh, give out your um, your contact information to everybody. And then if you would be so kind as to stay with us until I take the podcast out. Absolutely. Next level to success.net. My phone number 626-945-3175. Email Denise WJ at next level to success.net. Please feel free to follow my social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. And if you need help, give me a call. I am passionate about helping you raise your bottom line through culture. She is passionate. And Denise, like I say, stay with me, but you are golden. It is so nice and so much fun. That's why this is one of my happy places is doing this podcast because I get to talk to my friends in the industry and wonderful, wonderful, caring people like yourself. So that's great. So thank you. Thank you you so much. And everybody, thank you for the honor and the privilege of your time of listening to my podcast. We've gotten several calls this week from doctors. They ask questions. Hey, listen, Send me an email, call me. If there's something I can just give you a quick answer on, I got all the resources. My phone number is 657-279-3243. And I'd be more than happy. My my passion is helping doctors to get to meet their business and their personal financial goals. That is my legacy. I always say my life is a math problem. So uh, again, 657-279-3243. A. Wiederman, W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at idbailey.com. If you are a meeting planner and you are looking for someone to give a talk to your group, I would love you to consider me. Give me a call at the number in the email or send me an email. Uh, if you're in San Jose around the 30th, uh, I'm sorry, if you're in San Jose, come to the CDA convention. And also if you're in Orange County, Los Angeles, or anywhere in Southern California, September 30th is my transition seminar. It's going to be a lot of great information if you're looking at buying or considering selling a practice. Uh, again, uh, send me an email, awiederman at idbailey.com. You can actually call the different number is 949-677-9481, and we'll get you the registration form. It's free, and we provide lunch and dinner. You can't beat that. Uh, and again, you know, if you're looking for a dental-specific CPA, I'm a member of the Academy of Dental CPAs, 25 CPA firms across the United States that represent over 10,000 dentists, uh, and that's www.adcpa.org. And I think that's enough for today, folks. I hope this information has been helpful. I hope it's a call to action, and I hope one or more of you uh, give Denise a call and just talk about you know, what's going on? I mean, if you've got an office, you're growing 15, 
20% a year. You've got a world-class Ritz-Carlton team. Everything is just moving and shaking and flowing and you're doing it and you just love coming to the office every day. Then you're probably good. I do get more calls from doctors where it is not quite that way. And I would encourage you to work on your practice as well as uh, working inside your practice and make sure that you do that on a regular basis. Well, folks, with that, I am going to call it a podcast. We got a lot of exciting podcasts coming up in, in the future. We're going to be, I, I, I finally uh, nailed down our cybersecurity guy. We're going to be talking about cybersecurity. We're going to be talking about buying practices. We're going to be talking about financial issues. So please continue. Tell your friends to subscribe to the podcast. I am impassioned of doing this work. And Oh my gosh, December will be five years that we've done this podcast. December of 2018, we started this work. I'm so proud of it, and it is part of my legacy. And so with that, I want to say thank you for listening and for the uh, Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. That's all for today, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. The Art of Dental Finance and Management podcast is produced by Ide Bailey in partnership with Art Wiederman, CPA, Decisions in Dentistry Magazine, and the Academy of Dental CPAs. For audience questions and feedback, email Art Wiederman, awiederman at idebailey.com. That's A-W-I-E-D-E-R-M-A-N at E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y.com. Or you may call Art at 657-279-3243.